Today's uh, scripture reading is from Luke 24, verses 1 through 6. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right. Thank you, Joel. Good morning, everybody. Good, uh, good to see you here this morning. It's really good um, to be here gathered together. My name is Dave. Uh, I'm the lead Pastor here at Redemption Church, Tucson, and uh, again, just really glad to have you here. If uh, I don't know you or, um, or you've never heard me preach before, I just want to give you all a, a heads up that I have a speech impediment, so it'll kind of come in and out um, as I go. It's not hip-hop, contrary to popular belief. Um, we could do that out in the parking lot after, but um, right now it's just a speech impediment. But um, uh, again, it's really good to have you guys in here, and I was glad that, uh, that Joel uh, read God's Word this morning with his kids um, with him, and uh, you don't know this, but he was actually going to sing in the choir, and, um, and, and that just, we, he decided, it might not be the best um, with no one there watching the kids, and so, uh, so uh, all that to say, though, um, we know the kids are in the service with us this morning. It wasn't an oversight. It wasn't like, oh man, didn't think that one through. Um, we, as uh, Elliot said, we want to do this as a family together. Um, week in and week out, we do typically have children's church and uh, in, the, in the back there, and they go along uh, the same sermon scripture that we're in every week, and they have some things to go home and to talk with their, their family about. But we also say every week, we leave that up to the family, to the parents, um, to the, the discipleship of your children. We want to encourage you and affirm you in that. So if you want to have your kids in the back there in the church or in here on a normal Sunday, that's up to you. And we love that and embrace that. And um, this morning, though, let me just encourage you, if you have anxiety and you're wondering how somehow your kid's going to find its way or his or her way up to one of these lights and be swinging from it, um, just take a deep breath, okay? We're all right. They can't jump that high, I guarantee you. And um, it's okay, all right? In fact, the party's up here, kind of my, my left up here. My kids are up here and um, some others, so they're going to be getting into it. And um, in fact, I've, I've shared this before. I was baptized in, a, in an African-American Pentecostal church in the Deep South, and so um, I grew up in church that interacts, okay? So I'm trying to get us there. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so we can do this together and, and uh, uh, get into it and say amen together. Also, I had a little bit of sleep last night, so I'm going to need you to be involved in stuff. And uh, my son actually joked with me that he was going to heckle me um, during the service. So if you're like him, maybe keep that to yourself. But if you have a positive interaction, go ahead and shout out amen and get involved. Um, with it. And um, now we're going to get into our sermon together in Luke chapter 24, as we just read. And so if you have a Bible or an app or however you read God's Word, go ahead and turn there. We'll also have it up here on the screen. But if you don't own a Bible or you don't have your Bible with you today, go ahead and hold your hand up high. Uh, keep it up and somebody will get you a Bible. Um, 
También si quieres la Biblia en español, solamente levanta su mano y diga español. Um, we want to make sure everybody can have a Bible that they can read and understand um, and, and keep this. Okay, this is our gift to you. Right? We want to make sure that you have a Bible that's your own, that you can put your name in, underline stuff, ask questions, um, and uh, make that your own. So again, this is our gift to you. And so um, with that, we're going to get into our time in, uh, in God's Word, and uh, uh, we want Him to lead us through our time together, okay? So um, let, let me go ahead and pray as we prepare to, to get into God's Word together. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, again, thank you for this morning. Um, I don't know where everyone's at here this morning. I don't know where we're all coming. Perhaps holidays, I know for many, are very difficult, are both um, joyful and sorrowful at the same time. And um, for some, it brings up hard memories. For some, it's all good. For some, we're hopped up on sugar. Um, Wherever we're at this morning, um, we ask that you would speak to us. I believe and am confident that um, my words will do nothing, but, uh, but God the Holy Spirit speaking through the written word of God um, does uh, transformational work in the human heart. And so I pray that that would take effect. Um, as your word says, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. So we're expectant as we come before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, kids, can you guys say hi? Hi. I just want to, uh, again, just let you know I know you're here, and I'm really glad that you're here. And um, we're going to be talking about Jesus this morning. You guys have some things you can color and, and do some stuff with. And, um, and just, again, parents, if your discernment, if you feel like you need to kind of walk out around in the back or hang out or wherever, um, do your thing. And um, 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 we're going to have fun here this morning. So picking up where we were in, in Luke in Luke chapter 24. Um, before we get into that, though, let me ask you just a question, all right? H- how did we get here? Okay, maybe you want to think individually, and I want us to go there a bit this morning. How did you get here? But just let's take a step back on a big picture. How did we get here? Like, um, around 2,000 years ago, a, a, a little bit more than that, a man was born, Jesus, okay, this is no news to anyone, is my guess here, we all know this to some degree, was born, this is a historical fact, he was born in an obscure town in Israel, and uh, for most of his life he went kind of overlooked, nobody knew him, no one was really expecting him. Certainly no one knew that God's answer to the problems of the world would be this man, and, uh, and then all of a sudden he came on the scene and he lived and he ministered and he had a public uh, interaction and uh, involvement for about three years. And then, uh, and then, and then he died. And, and so, you know, the people who do the counting of these kinds of things, I don't know who this is, but we trust them, right, that this day, Easter, is the most attended church day all over the world, by far. Not just here, not just in America, all over the world. This is by far, people go to church on this day. And so how did we go from that obscure man born a long time ago to this? Um, Again, the people who count say that there are around 7 billion people on the earth right now. Obviously that number changes every second, but around 7 billion people which is hard to even get your mind around. And apparently, 
of those 7 billion, about 2.2 billion would identify themselves as Christians. And now we could get into, and I even want us to talk a bit this morning about, you know, who, what that means for that 2.2 billion people, you know, who is that genuine, life-changing, life-defining faith, and who is that kind of a, a cultural identification. But either way, that's almost a third of the world's population. So how did we go from an obscure man who revealed himself and called 12 mostly blue-collar, also obscure men to follow him, and then he died, and then we got this. Like, how did that happen? Okay, we know it's the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead, and that's not normal. That's not everyday life. And that changed human history. But in 2016, Tucson, Arizona, we can grow a little bit numb to that and go throughout the motions and show up and do what we do and not pause and recognize that is not normal. Okay, so let's enter into this and see how we got here, how you individually got here this moment, how we as humanity got to be where we are right now in this moment, considering the resurrection of Jesus. We're going to look at three passages this morning to help us understand and wrap our minds around this and then to bring us to a point where we pause and consider, how do we respond? How does it define us? What do we do with it? Luke chapter 24, as we just read, it says, On the first day of the week, that's Sunday, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking spices that they had prepared. So they're going, okay, this is some of Jesus' followers are, are doing what they do, and them rightly understanding people don't raise from the dead, that's not normal life. So they're going, a couple days after Jesus had died on the cross, they saw it, they witnessed it. They're sad about it. They're doing what you would do. And they're carrying spices to the tomb. And then they show up. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Again, not normal. While they were perplexed, that's a normal response. They're confused about this. Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. That's likely angels. Dazzling apparel, they, they reveal themselves to them. And they, as these men were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, okay, Jesus' friends are confused. They're like, where's the body? These two men in dazzling apparel, like me maybe right now, dressed, no. <laughs> dazzling, looking good. And the men ask Jesus' friends this question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here but has risen. Why are you looking for life in broken death? Why are you looking for the answers to your questions in death? Jesus isn't here. He has risen. And since that moment, more books have been written, more songs have been sung, more art has been dedicated to Jesus and to his event, the death on the cross and the resurrection from the dead, more than anything else in the history of the world. It's not even close, not even a close second compared to Jesus raising from the dead, 
willingly giving his life on the cross and then victoriously raising from the dead on the third day, on Sunday, on this day. And that altered human history. That altered the world. And so as we come before this, we need to recognize, again, people don't just do that. People don't just raise from the dead. And clearly, Jesus' followers were shaken to the very core. Now let me just tell, okay, some of us might not know this, that Jesus, Jesus proclaimed that this would happen, okay? Before, during his ministry, during his life, he said consistently, I'm going to offer my life down on the cross. He, he said, I'm bringing my kingdom. Okay, we don't think about kingdoms, right? This is America. We don't do kingdoms here. But, but, but kingdom is, 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 is the rule and reign, is all of life under the headship of a ruler. And so Jesus shows up and says, I'm the ruler. I'm the king. I created all this. I created the whole world. I decided how relationships should be, how work and commerce should be. I decided um, how identity and purpose should be formed And he proclaimed, I've come to set it straight. I've come to make new what has been broken. And then he said, but you know how I'm going to do it? I'm going to die on a cross. And it was a brutal, ugly, shameful thing. And everyone's like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he ate last night, but he's crazy. And then he said, and then I'm going to raise from the dead. Boom, over people's heads. Okay, no one got that. Understandably, right? No one understood, no one was expecting that, no one was anticipating that, but he said that's what he would do. So let me pause, let me ask you in this moment, if you, let me, who is Jesus? If your answer is another spiritual ruler, a good example, a leader, someone to take your cues from, someone to model your life after, he doesn't really give that option, (laughs) Right? Good examples don't say, I'm going to bring in the kingdom of heaven by dying a shameful death, naked, hung on a cross, and then I'm going to raise from the dead. Okay, if that stuff doesn't happen, you don't say, hey, you know, whatever. Some people say he, he couldn't get everything right, but still base your life after him. Everything is based on the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the second of the three verses we're looking at here, we're told that it's all foolishness. What we're doing here today is just silly. If Jesus didn't really raise from the dead. It says this in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 15. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep, that means who have died in Christ, have perished If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Some of you are the philosophy type and you've heard of something, Pascal's Wager, or perhaps you don't even know it, but you prescribe to it and you think, um, you know, Christianity is kind of a good thing. You're a good moral person. Maybe he did it. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But I'm going to raise my kids in church, you know, Everybody's got to get some church on them. You know, we're going to do this thing. And, you know, the, 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 the potential downfall, if it's not true, is not as bad as if it is true. So we're just going to do it and not really think about it. But, but the Bible doesn't agree with that, okay? The Bible doesn't give us loopholes and out. The Bible doesn't give God an out. Okay, God says, I'm calling you to follow me. 
And it's all based on this day. It's all based on whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. If he didn't really raise from the dead, he's a liar because he said he would. And he's weak because he didn't accomplish what he said he would accomplish. Or he's just downright crazy. And you are foolish. I am foolish. We are foolish. I'm up here trying to squeeze into pants that I haven't tried on in a year and wearing a neck around my, or a, a, a necktie that I never wear and can barely breathe right now for no good reason. It's silly. Um, good Christian morals and doing good things doesn't make any sense. Do what you got to do. Get your own. Sow your wild oats. Make life what you want it to be. If Jesus didn't really raise from the dead. But if he did really raise from the dead, it changes everything. And we could get into the fact that there's a lot of proof that Jesus rose from the dead and revealed himself to his followers. And his followers went from, like we just saw in Luke 24, weak, timid, fearful, spineless people who denied Jesus, kind of hiding out, showing up early in the morning, bringing their spices to honor their friend who just died. But then they encountered Jesus risen from the dead. They encountered an empty grave. They encountered miraculous proof that God is who he says he is. And that his call on your and my life is good and demands a response. And they changed their tune. Every one of his followers died a brutal death. Ten of them were martyred, were persecuted. And they, they laid down their lives because they said, I cannot deny what I have seen and experienced to be true. Jesus was alive, and then he died, and now he's alive again. And that defines everything. That defines my marriage. That defines my identity. That defines my work. That defines who I am. That defines how I consume. That defines how I relate with others. That defines how I speak. That defines Sunday afternoon through Saturday night. That defines everything. So 10 of them died brutal deaths. And then one of them was exiled and died in exile alone. And sad. Right? You wouldn't do that if you were conjuring up a lie. We could talk about how the Jewish authorities and the Roman authorities, that, that Christianity was a major thorn in their flesh. It, it went from one man to 12 of his followers to growing, and this was not good for them. This was not good for their, for their mandates on how life was to be lived. This was not good on their idols, on their, on their prescription to how life should be lived. This was not good for their version of the American dream. Come on. Amen? This is not good. They could have just presented the body of Jesus and said, stop your silliness. Prescribe to how we say life should be lived. But they couldn't do that. In fact, earlier in 1 Corinthians 15, the author even says, Jesus revealed himself first to Peter, then to the others of his close followers, then to 500 more people. Some of them have died, but most of them not. And what he's saying right there is go and ask him. James, Jesus' brother, 
saw. He didn't even believe Jesus before Jesus died, but once he encountered Jesus raised from the dead, he changed his life and became a follower of his own half-brother, all right? Those of us who grew up with big families know that's a miracle, right? You had to have seen something to follow your own brother, to give your life to your own brother. But that's the truth. And Paul says, he says, listen, right, we think of the Bible as some abstract, like, mythical book out there that just kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe that's what brings us here this morning. But guys, that's not how this thing worked. This is a real letter written by a real person named Paul who was writing to a group of people who were struggling, just like you and me today. Am I going to continue on with life as I know it? Or is this Christ event, this cross and empty tomb, is it going to speak into my life? Is it going to change me? And Paul says, yes, it must. It must. God is pleading with you to trust in him, to give your life to him. And if you don't believe that Jesus really rose from the dead, go and ask these people. And he names them and says, go and ask them. And history tells us most of those people actually were also martyred for their positive testimony of Jesus raised from the dead. And lastly, we consider that man himself, Paul. He wasn't always so enthusiastic. He wouldn't have shown up on a day like this just because it was a good thing to do. Because, you know, Christianity offered him good morals. Let's read in Acts chapter 9. Again, it'll be up here on the screen. Who this man Paul was. His name was Saul before he encountered the risen Jesus. And this is what it says. But Saul, while breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, that's what Christianity was called at the time, the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Okay, Paul, his name was Saul, He's on a trajectory away from God. Not just like tolerating this thing, but he wanted nothing to do with Christianity, nothing to do with Jesus. He was on a mission away from God. In his case, in his context, he wanted to, he wanted to capture people, bind them up, put them in prison, have them imprisoned for life. <laughs> My guess is most of us in here aren't that in that place, right? We're not... We're not acting out our rebellion against God in that exact way, but differently, right? I, my guess is that there are different groups of us here this morning. Some of us, like, you're Christians, that you know this day, this is like Super Bowl Sunday, right? You show up, you dress up this day. We don't normally dress up like this, by the way, here. You show up, right, because you know this day is set apart, and you come, and you want to get involved in this, and you're expecting it. You invited your friends, Others, maybe, you want to want to be here, right? You kinda, you're you kind of flirting with Christianity on the outskirts. Maybe you grew up with some church. Maybe you grew up around Christianity. Maybe, again, you think it has some good stuff to offer, and so you show up, and you want to be here. You want to want to be here. And maybe others, like Saul, are on a trajectory away from God, which we're told all of us are naturally, We've all choose, chosen not God. We've all turned our backs on him and gone our own way. All we like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way, as the Old Testament book of Isaiah tells us. 
not, not breathing threats, not wanting to kill people, not wanting to, but, but just wanting to do our own thing. No thanks, God, I'll show up, I'll do my own thing, but I'm in charge. And what I'm concerned with is not all the, all the out there arguments, okay? What I'm concerned with in this moment is how do you respond to Jesus? Like Paul, on a trajectory of our own, until Jesus reveals himself to you. The risen Jesus, dead and now alive. Picking up in verse 4. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Again, he recognized this isn't normal. You must be Lord you must be the Lord of all. Who are you? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Suddenly, as verse 3 says, in a moment, Saul was on a trajectory of his own was committed to a path, was committed to a life that he was in control of, that he determined he was all about, like probably many of us in this room. And in a moment, Jesus revealed himself to him and said, I am Jesus. Why are you persecuting me? Why are you running away from me? Why are you pretending that I don't love you that I'm not calling you. In this moment, hear my voice and turn and respond to me. So again, I want to ask you, how will you respond to Jesus? Wherever you are in this moment, however you came here today, wanting to want to be here, maybe drug here by somebody, a friend or neighbor, you showed up here and I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad we can celebrate together. I'm glad we can do an Easter egg hunt together. I'm glad that we can get dressed up together. But more than anything, what I want is for you to be confronted with the risen Jesus who's saying, I made you, I love you, and I want you to walk with me. What would it look like for you to not think of God as some ethereal, perhaps powerless, out there idea. To not think of God as some distant ruler that's shaking his head at you, ashamed of you, mad at you, waiting to slap you on the wrist for doing wrong. What would it look like for you to in this moment see that God has made himself near? That God the Father has sent God the Son to come and to live the life that you and I were designed and made to live, perfectly in relationship with God, in relationship with one another, in relationship with ourselves, in relationship with our work, in relationship with everything that we do. And then he died on the cross to replace what you and I deserve so that you and I could call him Father so that you and I could be close, so that our lives could go from a hundred miles an hour this way away from God, to in a moment, suddenly, seeing Jesus, hearing his call, and turning 
That's what repentance means. It means doing a 180 like Saul, running away from God, suddenly encountering him and turning toward him in faith. So now as we close, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Not necessarily out loud. But I'm going to ask you to everyone in here to bow our heads, to close our eyes, and to consider what is God calling you to do? How is he calling you to respond? If you've been flirting with Christianity for a long time, perhaps your whole life, and in this moment you're recognizing Jesus risen from the dead hasn't really shaped me, hasn't really changed me, it doesn't really define my everyday, it doesn't really define my identity and my purpose. Maybe from this moment, suddenly, you will say, I want to follow you. I want to go all in. I believe, now help my unbelief. Or maybe you're here this morning and you had no idea that this moment, this day, Jesus was going to reveal himself to you. Hear me, look at me, please. It's no coincidence that you're here this morning. Jesus is pursuing you. Jesus is revealing himself to you. Jesus is saying, come, follow me. So as I pray, let's all close our eyes, bow our heads, and silently either repeat in your heart what I'm praying or pray something similar as it makes sense and expresses the desire of your own heart. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and I know that some right now in this moment might need to pray something like this. Jesus, I'm intrigued. I'm not really there yet. But I want to believe if it's real, if it's true, if you're truly alive, will you reveal yourself to me? I can't really believe, but I'm asking you to help me in my unbelief. Reveal yourself to me. And then perhaps others are here this morning. And in this moment, Heavenly Father, they are seeing you speaking to them. And calling. And saying, you have wandered long enough. Turn and follow me. I've given my life for you. I've risen from the dead so that you might have life. If that's you, then pray with me. Lord Jesus, I trust that you came and you gave your life for me. Life for all eternity that begins right now. I trust that you want to give my life meaning and purpose and identity and structure now. I trust that I don't understand what's going to happen. I don't know what lies ahead, but I know that you're powerful and that you're good and that you've revealed yourself to me. So I'm going all in. I'm giving my life to you. Thank you for loving me enough to die. Thank you for loving me and being powerful enough to raise again. I give my life to you. Lord, now for all of us, as we respond in prayer, as we respond in song, as we respond in communion, as we respond in singing, we are responding to Jesus, risen from the grave. In his name we pray, amen. So now if you, if you prayed in some manner there, I, I want to encourage you and invite you again. Fill out a connect card. 
just put your name, your email. If you have any questions, if you want to talk with someone, I'd love to talk with you. Or better yet, come up. I'll be up here after if you're new. I'd love to get to know you. Please come up and introduce yourself to me. If you prayed one of those prayers, if you have questions, if you want to, if you want to dialogue, either talk with whomever you came with or come up. Don't just get in your car and think, yeah, I'm going to put that on the shelf and get back to it one day. Like Paul, suddenly respond to Jesus. And now for all of us, Alex is going to come up here and he's going to lead us through our time of response. There will be people in the back to pray with us. And all of us are going to stand and sing and rejoice and respond to the good news that Jesus is not dead. Jesus is not still on the cross. Jesus is risen. Amen?